Welcome back to another episode of the Balcony Chatter Podcast. I am your host, Andrew McKenney, and today it is another solo episode. And I'm here to talk about the Bruins because there's a lot of good, finally, um, surrounding the Bruins. You know, we had a good couple, I uh, went to the game last week, we had a good weekend going to the Bruins, the Celtics, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we talked a little bit about that on the last episode with um, Anthony Grambo. And... Yeah, so that, that was a good game, and, and the things have just, you know, the, the good things have just kept stacking up on top of that. So they're on a six-game, I believe, yes, uh, six-game win streak right now, which, I mean, what more can you ask for? I understand that we had a couple games against Buffalo now, but, um, you know, we played some good teams in there, too. We played the Islanders twice. We played um, Washington so, so it's good. I mean, it, it, we're definitely trending in the right direction, and and it's a very good sign leading into the the tail end of the season here. And you know, I don't think we've really got a chance to talk about the trade deadline acquisitions, but so far they have fit in perfectly and seamlessly, and they they they've really made an impact in just about every game. I mean, the first few games that Riley was playing specifically, he was the best defenseman on the ice. Uh, and I think that that's continued. I mean, he's, he's up there, you know, he's not the best defenseman when McAvoy's out there, but he's probably number two. And, you know, we're still hitting some injuries here with Carlo and Miller. Uh, but, you know we're in the right we're heading in the right direction with that and i think that we'll see some of those guys start to come back for the playoffs which is huge and i think that um the team right now is is i mean like i said we're on a six game win streak there's not much bad to say about that um there are a couple negative things that i'll get into at some point but um not a lot of bad things to say because i mean you wouldn't be on a six game win streak if if you were really playing that terribly so um it's great I'm I'm really happy with the way things are going and can actually have a positive outlook on on how the Bruins are playing right now and um, looking forward to that. So, you know, I, I guess the, what I'll start with is is like I said, we've had a bunch of good games, we played some good teams, some bad teams, but the last two games, unfortunately, I think are the negatives, where the the Bruins played Buffalo. And the first game, you know, it really wasn't that good of a game. I, I, we won 2 nothing, and we could have lost that game. We could have, you know, went to overtime or whatever, but it, we didn't play as well as we should have. You know, Tuca played well. He made some amazing stops, but I think that he was the best player on the ice. I don't think that anybody was too flashy out there making any big plays or anything like that that really stuck out. So I think that that is something to kind of pay more attention to for the Bruins. I mean, obviously they've talked about it. They they try to change up their game a little bit going into the second game against Buffalo. We have one more um, before we head out to Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh's, I believe, number one in the league right now. So so if, if we're not really on our game, then we could easily drop a couple games against Pittsburgh, and that's not what you want to do right now. So... You know, I think that the games, they were good. Obviously, we got wins. We got two points. We didn't even go to overtime. But it's Buffalo we're talking about. That first game shouldn't have been that as close as it was. Tuca shouldn't have had to have made those saves that he did and those big plays that he was making. But like I said, 
I'm just there's got to be a little bit of negative negativity to it because they if they played that same game against Washington or against the Islanders or Pittsburgh, we probably would have lost. So I don't know. I'm just looking at all sides of the coin here with with how the Bruins have played over the last six games. So, I mean, in the game tonight, Thursday night, was good. Obviously, you look at the score, 5-1 to one at the end of it, but they really didn't score all those goals until towards the end of the game or the third period or whatever. But um, for, for a minute there, it was a little bit too close for comfort, I'm sure, for, for Cassidy. Looking at the game and looking at the team that you're playing against, I don't think that that's where he wanted to be, but I think, you know, it's... It's fine. We got the win. We we ended up making it look a lot by by a lot bigger margin than maybe it should have been at the beginning, but um it's good. The the second game was definitely better than the first game. Like I said, I, I think that there were moments in the first game where we could have just as easily lost and it could have been um you know, that that's a tough game to lose. When you lose to a team like Buffalo, especially after you're beating some really good teams, it's not a good look. You start to play down to your competition a little bit, and then when it comes time to play against those other teams that are better, then I don't know how they get up for those games if they're if they're going to be really coming out the gate hard or if they're going to kind of come out flat. And that's why you need to get these these wins against Buffalo, especially with games in hand on some of these other teams. Um, you want to make these ones count. You got five games in two weeks, and I think that. Those are very important games. And, and what I had said previously to some friends or of other teams and stuff is, you know, they're, they're talking about how well their teams have done and all this and that. But, you know, there was a long stretch where we we didn't get to play Buffalo. And, you know, it's, it's not the best thing to say, but they should be easy points. So all these teams that have played them a handful of times or a bunch of times or maybe even all eight times, have kind of got their easy games out of their schedule and got that out of the way, and they've already got all those points, and we didn't have that luxury. So now we're trying to rack up the points and feel good going into the playoffs, and I think that these games against Buffalo are really going to help us with that. Unfortunately for you, if you're a fan of the Buffalo Sabres, it's, they're kind of, they really are the laughing stock of the league, and it's been like that for a long time. And I don't... You know, obviously, we'll talk about Taylor Hall a little bit, but getting out of Buffalo must have been a dream come true for him at this point. I mean, he they were going nowhere, obviously, and they had a lot of struggle throughout the season with their COVID protocol stuff and just the, their overall play in general. So, obviously, leaving the worst team and coming to one of the best teams had to be had to be you know really good for him, especially. Looking at all the teams that he's played for, I mean, we're talking Edmonton, we're talking New Jersey, we're talking um, Phoenix, and then and then Buffalo. I mean, he's never really played for a good team. Yeah, of course, he won the Hart Trophy when he was in New Jersey, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they were anything special. That just means that he was. So I think that coming to a new team, as as we can see, has really got him to be, you know, maybe, maybe it's still early, but maybe the player that he can be or that he was in the past. And I think it's really good. 
Um, I think Marshan is on fire. He, he's absolutely scoring up a storm. I mean, he's breaking records in, in the month of April for the Bruins. I mean, not maybe not league because Wayne Gretzky has obviously played and things like that. But, I, I mean, for the Bruins, he's, he's getting up there with most goals scored in the month of April. And that's, you know, it's impressive because the guy is, you know, what's he really got that um, bonehead playing style out of his head all of the time? You know, he still can get under people's skin and do all that, but he uses his skill now more than anything else to change games and to make other players better and to score goals and do all that. So I think that it's once he got that, once he got over it, it really changed the way that he is in this league and he's elite. And nobody in this league can say that he's not. Um, as much as you might hate him, and as much as you might not want that, he is an elite player in this league and there's no question about it. So, you know, he's on fire right now. He's changing the tone of games completely, scoring shorthanded goals, scoring five-on-five goals, scoring power play goals. He's just, he's all over it. And he's a player that I think a lot of the other guys on the team can really look to for motivation and look to for, you know, getting them ready to play the rest of the game and get them ready to um, go into the playoffs. With that being said, I, I can't move on without talking about Craig Smith as well. I mean, he has been, if if not the best player on our team, the second best player on our team for a consistent stretch of the season now. I mean, he had something crazy like whatever it was, 15 or 16, 17 points in in. 16 games or something like that you know he he's really putting together a good this is his best season that he's ever had um and it goes a long way because now he's on that second line with with Krejci and Taylor Hall and it is absolutely working um all three of those guys are playing very well but Smith is just playing better I mean, and that just makes the other guys play good too. So it's not that, you know, he's he's better than they are. It's he's making that line that much better. He was given the opportunity to pop up on that second line and he's making the most of it. And I don't see them changing that anytime soon because he has not gone down in productivity at all. So it's great because... For, you know, we've been saying this for years at this point since probably Lucic or Aginla or whoever, but Krejci needs consistent wingers. And and for, I, I say consistent because he's had Jake DeBrusque who's been, I, I'll just say 50-50. I mean, he's either on or he's off. He's never usually that consistent. There was a season where he did very well, but, I mean, now we're talking about Craig Smith, who's a guy who's been in the league for a while, who knows his play style and knows all that, and he can play to that strength. And then we're also talking about Taylor Hall, who is a, um, maybe not this year in Buffalo, but in previous years, he he's an elite player in this league as well. And I don't know how that goes moving forward, but as of right now, he's playing at a very high level, and he's giving Krejci confidence to be better, and we've seen that. I mean, Krejci's been scoring up a storm recently, and setting up plays and just making everyone else better. I mean, that's it's that's what you need and that's what you want, especially from your second-line center. And 
it's great. I, I, I love to see it because Krejci is um, a big part of this team. Also, so, so Swayman as well. I mean, Swayman has taken the opportunity that he's been given, and he has really run with it. I mean, he's been playing extremely well. Uh, I think he's lost one game so far in the NHL, which is very good, obviously. And I think that he's going to be what you see in the future, whether that's next year or the year after or whatever it may be, whether he's the backup next year or he is the starter next year. I mean, obviously, we have a lot to figure out with Tuca as far as is he going to continue playing? Will we re-sign him? Um, will he retire? There's a, there's a lot up in the air. So I think that it's showing you right now, though, that Swayman is the future and that he is going to eventually be your number one. And from the small sample size that we've gotten so far, that is what you want. I mean, this kid is playing very well, and he sees the puck very well. He doesn't make a lot of stupid plays. They have called him out a handful of times for playing very aggressively or very far out of the crease, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, maybe it will be if teams can finally figure out what he's doing, but um, until that happens, I mean, this is the way that he plays, and he's only lost one game. So I think that you got to roll with it and see what happens, but... You know, I think he's your future. Uh, I I actually, you know, I want to take some, we got a lot of fan questions over uh, our text line. And I kind of want to touch on some of those so that we can, you know, get some of you guys in on the show and, and talk about some of the topics that you want to talk about because um, it's good to get some fresh opinions in there or maybe you think that you have a super hot take or something that, you want to get out there and have us talk about, and we would be more than happy to do that. So I'm going to take a handful of them today and, and um, you know, see if we can um, get some involvement here. So the first question that I actually got was, it, Taylor Hall, the, the question is kind of um, a two-parter. It says, Taylor Hall is a cancer in the locker room, which we've all heard about in the past. And again, like I said earlier, Taylor Hall has been on very bad teams. He's been on teams that have lost almost exclusively. This is by far the best team he's ever played on. And does that mean that we're going to win the cup? No, but does that mean that we probably have the best shot out of any team he's ever been on to go there? Yes. So is he a cancer in the locker room? I don't know. But the the second part of this is how is that going to work in Boston? Look, I think... Again, it really leads back to he hasn't been on a team with a lot of good leadership guys or a real team that is good. So it's easy for you to be down and out a lot of a lot of nights when you're playing in Buffalo or you're playing in Arizona and um you know you're losing constantly. And who wants to lose all the time? I I wouldn't if I was a professional athlete. So I think that being on a team with Bergeron and Marshan and Krejci and some of these other leadership guys that are very big um, and a good coaching staff as well. You got to give a lot to the coaching staff and the organization for being, you know, what players want to play for. So I think that it goes a long way to have that in the locker room. And I don't think that Bergeron and those other guys are going to really put up with that. You know, there's a, there's a lot of leadership guys in there, not just the ones that you know about. I mean, think about 
Coyle and and Smith too. Those guys have been in the league for a while and have a lot of experience and they know how to be on a winning team and you know Smith coming from Nashville and Coyle playing with us going all the way to the cup. I mean, they know how to play on a winning team. So I think that that kind of you know, it was very interesting when 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 Hall came here as well. He had said he didn't want to be the guy. And everybody always looks to him to be the savior of the team, you know, they they think, oh, he's coming to to Arizona and he's gonna, you know, help us win. The the he's gonna help us win the cup. Or he's coming to New Jersey, he's gonna be the guy. And he was. I mean, he won he won the heart and but it wasn't good enough. So I think that he is very much looking forward to, and I say this like I know him, but I say this because this is what he said in an interview was when you come into Boston, they tell you that you are a Uh, you're a piece of the puzzle you know you are a piece of a bigger picture so I think that that really resonated with him and he liked that a lot because he doesn't want to be that savior guy which also leads me to thinking that he might and you know he says he wants to resign here he wants to be here for a few years or whatever and I think that seeing how this team is and seeing that he's not the main focus is going to be a real big factor on if he re-signs here or not. And I think that he will. The only question is, obviously, it comes down to money. Do we have the money? Possibly. David Krejci's contract is up at the end of this year. Tuka Rask is up at the end of this year. Some other guys, I think, are up too. But I think it really depends on what he wants for a contract. If he's going to come in here asking for $10 million, it's just not going to happen. I mean, nobody gets paid that kind of money on the Bruins right now. And it's just, it's not, it's not going to happen. Do you really think that you deserve more money than Patrice Bergeron or than David Pasternak? If you're not producing quite as much, then no, it's just not going to happen. So I hope that they can come to some kind of agreement. I really like him as a player and I would love to see him stay here for a long time because I think that he could help us win. I really do. Um, it's all going to come down to money, obviously. And no, and, and no, I don't think that he's going to be a cancer in this locker room. Maybe he was in others, but he's not there anymore. So, The next question was, do you think the Rangers will take that last playoff spot? And I personally don't. I think if, if Anthony Grambo was still here, I would say absolutely they're going to knock, the Rangers are going to knock the Islanders out of the playoffs just because, you know, I like to get under his skin. But it's fine. Uh, but no, I don't think that they're going to take that spot. And the reason I don't is because it's so tight on the top four that somebody would really have to fall off for that to happen. I mean, they're, they're, it's not that they're not close in the standings to being in fourth place, but they're not close when all the other teams are winning. And with Pittsburgh being in first place right now, I don't see them falling out of a playoff spot. So I think that it's going to be the teams that are currently in one through four. So you got Pittsburgh, you got Washington, the Islanders, and the Bruins. So, And I think that that's the way that it's going to go. I don't necessarily think that that's the order. I, I don't know. But I think that those are the four teams that you're going to see matching up together in the full, uh, first round of the playoffs. And unfortunately for the Rangers and Ranger fans, that's not going to be them. I think that they're a, a strong team that um, could benefit from a realignment of the the divisions again next year and I think that they could be a playoff team I mean they're definitely playing good hockey right now but I don't think that they will overtake any of those top four teams with the way that 
all of us have been playing and continue to play. Um, so for, for them, I don't know if this is a, is, is a Ranger fan asking this question or if it's just somebody asking if they think uh, the Rangers will make it. So if you're a Ranger fan, sorry, you ain't making it. But if you're a Bruins fan, then you don't want them to make it either. So the next question was, did, uh, it says David Krejci is playing out of his mind. Can he keep it going into the playoffs? Can he keep it going into the playoffs? So this is another two-parter. Um, I mean, I don't see why he can't. I think that, that if he continues to play the way that he is and he's seeing the puck very well, he's got two very good line mates. I think that he could, um, he could, and, we all know from 2011 and, and the playoffs that if David Krejci is on in the playoffs, he's a completely different level of player. I mean, he he can change the way that games go. He is a huge leadership guy. If he's playing well, other players on the, on the line, other players on the team and the power play unit want to play well. And I think that I, I, I would love to see playoff Krejci out there. You know, he, he really is a game changer for the entire team. So um, I think that he can keep it going. I think that with playing with the guys that he's playing with now, especially getting more experience with them and more familiar with the way that they play, I think that he should only get better. Second part of the question was, would you re-sign David Krejci? And yes, I absolutely would. But looking at his contract now, obviously he signed a big deal. Um you know, a handful of years ago, and it was, I think, over $7 million per. And I don't think that he's going to get that now. Does that mean that he leaves? I don't think so. But at the same time, like, what is the happy medium between a huge, you know, a, a $7 million contract and a short-term couple years, you know, would he take a $4.5 million or something like that? I, I just don't know. But I would absolutely resign him. I mean, especially if you can get him on a team-friendly deal, you get Taylor Hall on a somewhat team-friendly deal, um, and then maybe you know you have a little bit of money to play with. If Tuca doesn't come back, you have the money to sign him. Um, and if Swayman continues to play well, I mean, this could be a, a good team for the next few years and potentially win a cup. And I think that you you want David Krejci on your team to do that, and you. At times, you need David Krejci and your team to do that because thinking about if he was gone, who is your second-line center? I mean, is it going to be Coyle? Because I'm fine with that, but then that leaves a spot on your third line. I don't know if they anticipate Stadnika to start playing a bigger role next season if um, David Krejci were to be gone. Uh, there's a lot of factors up in the air with it. I mean, they really do need to figure this out, and I think... This expansion draft is going to be a huge deciding factor on a few things, whether they re-sign players before it, after it, um, things like that. So uh, to answer your question, yes, I would re-sign him. I think it's just going to come down to money like everything always does, and I hope it doesn't come down to the Bruins being greedy and trying to really low-cut him on a contract and have him go somewhere else Um I, we didn't see that with with Chara, but it's he's another one of those guys where, you know, I want to see him retire in, in black and gold, especially David Krejci, who's played his entire career here. He's given a lot to the city as far as, you know, his play, 
and his commitment to the team. You know, I know that he's been injured a lot, but at the same time, he always comes back and he's always putting in all that effort. And I love David Krejci and I hope that he stays here forever. Uh, do you prefer Swayman over Halak? That's a tough one, man. I mean, I think Cassidy kind of said it best is you sort of have to, to play the hot hand, right? Like that Swayman is playing, is playing great. You can't say that Halak hasn't been playing great, but because he hasn't been playing, I mean, he's been on COVID protocol for a while now. And I think that, you know, he is finally starting to skate again and to practice again. And I think that, until Swayman loses a game, how do you take him out? I mean, obviously, Rask is your number one. And right now, it's sort of a good problem to have. I mean, you have a backup goaltender who's playing very well. Young kid, obviously. Um, lost only one game. And then you have a veteran goaltender as your third if something were to happen that is ready to go at any time. I mean... But I, I just I think you gotta you gotta continue with Cassidy and say or him saying like you, you just have to you have to ride the hot hand. This is the time where you need your hottest players to be playing their best hockey, and I think you have no choice. I think there'll be times where maybe at the end of the season, if it looks like we're in good enough shape, we can possibly play Swayman and Halak and give Tuka a little bit of rest because as we all know Tuka does a lot better with rest going into the season I mean in 2013 we went to the Stanley Cup final after the lockout where he only really had to play about a half a season and same thing with um, you know basically anytime that he plays well into the playoffs we went to the cup in in 2019 he played basically half and half with Halak so I think that he can really benefit from rest. And I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do going into the the final stretch here. But I think you ride the hot hand. And I don't think it's a do you prefer Swayman over Halak. I think it's just like you have to go with what's working. And Halak is going to practice and he's going to you know, he's going to take a lot of reps in practice and see how he does. And, you know, if he feels like he's ready to go, obviously he's going to tell the team and he thinks that he can contribute and, and help them out. But I don't think you have to choose Swayman over Halak. I think it's just whatever's working is working. And the last question I have here is, is where's T Freddy? I think that we all want to know that question. I know we all want to know the answer to that question. I think uh, you know, he has been practicing. That is that is true. Uh, but Cassidy again said we have to f- we have to work with what's working. So all of the all of the lines are playing very well. Fourth line especially is playing extremely well. So it's really hard to sort of sit any of those guys, whether it's Corrali or Wagner or Lazar. I don't want to sit any any of them. And the third line is playing very well too with Coyle, Richie, and and DeBrusque. So where does Freddie slot in there? You know, he's he's obviously a game changer when he's out on the ice and he's playing his game and he's agitating people, but I think that you have to, again, play with whatever's working and, and continue to ride the hot hand until something changes because, you know, this is what we... This is the team that we want right now 
winning games to go into the playoffs with because they have confidence and and they're playing very well together. And I think that until somebody gets injured or until somebody needs an, an off night or um, their day-to-day or something like that, I think that you just have to continue with the lineup that's working and whatever's getting you wins and points. And maybe he doesn't feel that Freddie is going to to do that for us immediately. You know, shuffling up the lines does tend to change the way that the team plays. So why shuffle it up if it's working? Um, as much as I want to see him in the lineup as as much as everyone else does, I think that Cassidy knows what he's doing, obviously. Uh, he's done very well as head coach since he's been with the Bruins. And I think that he has to just continue the way it's going until something, if if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I mean, that's the that's the old saying that that works, right? I, I mean, we all love T. Freddie, and hopefully we can see him back in the lineup at some point, and hopefully it's not at the expense of an injury. So those are the questions that I have for this week's episode, but, you know, I really appreciate everyone sending them in. Uh and getting involved we want to have different topics to talk about if you guys have things that you want us to talk about please feel free to to text us or um, you can also leave leave a voicemail so we can play that on the show too and um, we posted the number up on instagram and twitter and all that kind of stuff so check it out there and on our tiktok which is um, you know it's just fun funny stupid stuff that we post over there um, we're getting a lot of interaction, which is very great, and it, and it's cool to get kind of a different uh, a different side because we mainly do Instagram, uh, a little bit of Twitter here and there too, but we get a whole different crowd of people that want to interact on TikTok, and it's it's just like I said, it's just a fun place to post funny or stupid things and and interact with you guys. So um, we posted the number up on all of those platforms, so you guys can check it out and shoot us a text or leave us a voicemail. And we'll definitely be putting these in every week that whenever they come in, we'll, we'll put in some new questions and make sure that we touch on those. And, and, uh, if you have something that you really want to, to tell us, then send it our way. And we would love to hear from you guys. So, but yeah, I mean, this team is looking very good. I think that if we continue to play the way that we're playing, we're just as good as anybody else in our division. And, and to be honest with you, there's if we're playing how we are right now, there's not a lot of teams in the league that can beat us. Of course, there's those good teams out there that you don't want to face. I mean, we're talking Colorado, or I'm not worried about Toronto. Everyone thinks that they're going to be, you know, they're going to win the cup. They went all in. They're going to do this, and they're going to do that, and they're probably going to lose in the first round. So I don't really care. I mean, until they actually play a team that's good, they're in a bad division. Until they play a good team, I don't want to hear it. So, I mean, the best case scenario is that they just lose to Edmonton in the first round. and Or or I guess the real best case scenario is they end up having to play us at some point and we beat them like we do every year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's besides the point. But this team is playing good. If they continue this up, if they continue the way that they're playing, win tomorrow or if, if you're listening to this, um, on Friday, today, against Buffalo. And then if they can get one, if they can even split this against Pittsburgh, win one of two. I mean, obviously, a two of two is ideal, but if they can win one of these games, then 
Um, that's that's huge. We're chasing Pittsburgh in the standings. Uh, they're in first place, but I'm not worried about getting in, coming in first place. Or uh, actually, as I'm looking at this now, Washington uh, passed them. So Pittsburgh is in second place. We're three points behind them. I'm not worried about beating them or, or catching up to them as long as we're in one of the playoff spots. It doesn't really matter to me. But I think winning one of these next two games, hopefully both, is going to be a big confidence booster because they're a good team. I mean, yeah, sure, you can beat Buffalo and you can get some of these wins, but play another good team and prove that you can do it. I mean, you won against the Islanders. You won against Washington recently. Those are teams that you're going to face one of these three teams in the playoffs. So if you can pull a win or two out of this Pittsburgh trip before coming back to Boston to play a couple games against Buffalo and then going out to New Jersey... um, that's huge, man. Like that, that's going to be a big deal. So these two games coming up, I mean, obviously we have a game against Buffalo in between or first, but these two games against Pittsburgh are big. And I know that it's not big enough that we're going to get bumped out of a playoff spot, but it's big for confidence and it's big for, um, going into the playoffs, potentially playing one of these teams. So, um, hopefully they can play well, they can play a, a good couple games and, even if they lose, hopefully they can put in an effort that is, um, you, you know, good enough for the the fans and good enough for Cassidy to to at least think that we had a shot, and, and we do. So hopefully they can pull them out. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, but anyways, we'll check in next week with uh, with some updates on the Buffalo game and the or the few Buffalo games and the Pittsburgh games. We'll give a recap of that, and we will hopefully have some more goals from Taylor Hall and some of these other new guys because I know that getting some goals and some assists and all that in your on your new team is a real confidence booster as well. So hopefully the whole team plays well. And one other thing that I will leave on this episode is the power play's got to figure it out. I know that the Bruins' penalty kill is amazing, and that's only because they draw so many, they, they they commit so many penalties. I mean, this game against Buffalo, this recent one, was brutal. Like, they had so many penalties that they should have, if it wasn't Buffalo, this team would have capitalized. If it was if it was Washington or whatever, they would have scored. I mean, we can't have that many penalties. And the power play is, I think they said something insane, like one for 25 or one for 18. or I don't remember what it was, but it was something very bad. We went from not only being able to score on the power play to only being able to score five on five or shorthanded or whatever. So power play's got to get it together. We got we have the talent, we have the players. Um, they they got to figure it out. But until then, uh, hopefully the Bruins can pull together some good some good play in the next few games, and we will check in next week. And you know everybody have a good week. Thank you guys for checking us out and. Like I said, Balcony Chatter every Friday. And give us a call or a text, and we will feature you on the show, or we'll talk about your topics. And, um, yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, guys.